Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. We all have stories to tell, and when we tell our stories, we pass along powerful life lessons and wisdom. In the spotlight, a woman who has spent most of her life in public service. Her name is Senator Cynthia Cream, and she is the Senate Majority Leader for the state of Massachusetts. My producer Dan and I packed up our remote recording equipment and hit the road for this interview, which took place in the state senator's office, just steps from the Senate chambers at the gold-domed Massachusetts State House. And as we went through security and down the marble hallways, past murals of the American Revolution and sculptures of some of the state's earliest leaders, I couldn't help but wonder what our founders would think of a female majority leader. Women have come a long, long way, with miles to go before we sleep. I could not wait to hear her story. So here's our interview with Senate Majority Leader Cynthia Cream. 30 years in public service, and I'm going to guess that you have seen a lot of changes along the way. Can you talk a little bit about that, particularly for women? My parents were both lawyers. My mom's a lawyer. My one sibling is also a lawyer. I felt that as a woman, when I got married and went to college, I did everything in six years, got married, had a child, passed the bar. It was all one oh quick thing. Oh, my God. Does that, that feel itself, like... <laughs> oh, my God. That in itself is different when I hear of people getting married later and traveling. I always did both. I was in local government, and I was practicing law. In both of those areas, I found it lonely sometimes being a woman. I found it difficult. Even when I took the bar exam, I had to go before the Board of Bar Offices, and they asked me one question, nothing about the material, nothing about what I learned. They asked me if I was going to have a family. That's the only question they asked me. I was seven months pregnant, and I had a big coat, and I said, eventually. And I keep thinking, did I lie to them? Were they going to call me? That in itself was the way things were at that time. And then even in politics, as a woman campaigning, you would knock on the door and somebody would say, do you think you can do this job? You can be tough. The buzzwords, and women still feel that. Is she mean? Is she tough? Is she going to be hot enough? Or is she too mean? You never hear that about a man. You never hear someone say, is he too mean? They'll say, he's strong. He's aggressive. He can get things done. Campaigning and looking for money was so hard as a woman. And it is still more difficult as a woman because men seem to be more readily willing to contribute. And they look at women differently. Hey, we never had a woman president of the United States. We've had all different kinds of people run, all different race nationalities, but we couldn't elect a woman. I'm hoping this is the right time. I've seen a huge change in the political scene. The Senate president is a woman. This is the third woman. When I first started, the idea that a woman would be Senate president was really very unusual. It's You've gotten seen better. a lot of change. My, my daughter's a lawyer. So I see a change between my mother, myself, and my daughter in what it's like in this world. We still have a way to go. What do you think a woman brings to the political arena that is different from a man? I'm the lead advocate on an allergy bill that would do good things for children so that it, children would be 
able to eat in restaurants and not face the issues of like peanut allergy. Women kind of think of the thoughts of family. They bring to the table children, women. We're doing issues with regard to human trafficking. We are doing something in the Senate today to fund rape kits, rape kits which were left untested. We're putting more money into testing and making sure that we work through those untested rape kits. Women bring that side to the table. Frankly, women work hard. I can tell you that I always felt like I had to be prepared. I don't feel comfortable just flying in and not being prepared. And women generally, you know, everything's a generalization. There are women or men that don't meet the norm. But women are prepared. They're serious. They don't take it for granted. And I think that that adds a lot to the climate. You know, you talked a little bit about growing up and your parents. Were both of your parents attorneys? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about your childhood? And in particular, was there a golden rule in your house? What was the work ethic that you learned from your folks? You know, most people would have dinner, a family dinner, and someone might say, so who did you see today? In my house, it was, who did you sue? Uh, (laughs) But the discussion was different. And when I grew up and went on to college and went to law school, I had a role model. I was comfortable going to law school. I didn't think of myself as needing to do something that women did then. And that was why the conversation was different. Sometime after my dad passed away, my mother, my sister, and I, we all practiced law together. Somebody was doing a story about it. They came to my house, and my son was six or seven, and they said, do you want to be a lawyer when you grow up? And he said, yuck, the law is for girls. And that is an example of where role models make such a difference. So now the more we have women in politics, in all areas, in the boardroom, as lawyers, as doctors, we change the dynamics of role models. We do that when we have more people of color in the process. People who look like me makes a difference. Did you change when you became a mom? Yes. How? Less selfish. (laughs) Putting the needs of someone else first. Yes. I realized how important it was to make this world a better world because I thought about who was coming after me. I felt so different after having a family and wanted to work hard so I could give that person everything I didn't have. It sounds to me like you were part of a very successful family-run law practice. Was there a light bulb moment for you, Senator, when you said you wanted to go into public service? When I was probably high school age. My dad ran for state rep. He didn't win, but I went to the convention with him. It was a great learning experience for me. We had a family. We bought a home. I saw things going on that I thought I could make different, do better, have a different say at the table. So I ran for a local office. So many of the years that I was in politics, I served as president of a local organization. I served as president of the then Board of Aldermen in Newton. I served on the Governor's Council. That's something most people don't know. Massachusetts and New Hampshire have a body of elected people, eight people run through the state, who vote on commutations and pardons and affirming judicial appointments. Rather than the Senate, we have an elected body. That was a lot of very, very interesting, voting on commutations and pardons. 
And I did that, and then I ran for the Senate. So this is a bigger policy opportunity. Speaking of commutations, you have had a very big influence on the prison system here. And prison reform has been so important to you. Tell me why. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. These days, more and more people are working from home. When your computer breaks down, you lose business. This is Dave Elmajan, president of TechHelpBoston.com. Our tech experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer. Same day, next day, and weekends too. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted us since 2000. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. Well, because I look at our prison system, I saw it, interestingly enough, I saw it on the Governor's Council. I voted on a commutation of an individual who did sort of petty crimes. He wasn't someone who did larceny or murder or anything. A crime was committed. It was actually a murder. And somebody pointed at him and said he did it. He had done some minor things. We didn't have DNA testing. He was convicted. He served nearly 20 years. His family grew up, his wife waited, and then once they had DNA and they found out that he had not committed that crime. And we heard his story. We sat during the governor's council and I realized how unjust our prison system is, unjust for people of minorities, lower income. You look at who's serving in prison, they're not the most educated, except for the white collar. We're seeing more and more people in white-collar crimes, but when you look at people who are serving the sentences that I'm involved in, then disparate according to their income or their race. I was involved in trying to get rid of mandatory sentencing in the drug area. Many women who served sentence because they had possession of a substance they shouldn't have, they may not have been the person selling it. Some instances, they were living with somebody who was the person selling it. Women didn't have the money to get out of the trouble they were in, and they ended up in a mandatory sentence. So I, early on, want to do something better for our prison system. Now, as a mom, you can appreciate this. I was astounded to find out that women were shackled during delivery. Now, I had two children. No, you had children. I was not going anywhere during delivery so that I didn't need to be shackled. There were so many unfair things happening to women as well as other people. You just gave me such a vision of what it must have been like for a woman to deliver a child in shackles. shackles. Gun control, another issue that's been so important to you. Here in Massachusetts, we've led the way in terms of gun control. Give me your thoughts. We've led the way and we need to do better. We need to do some data collecting as to where these guns are coming from. Are there multiple sales of guns? We just last term passed this bill called ERPO, which allowed people to call the police if someone is a threat to themselves or to society. The police didn't have an ability to go in and get the guns from them. I think we have moved the lever on gun control because of young people. It is the people, the young people after Parkland, and unfortunately, all these terrible things had to happen but they have become so vocal. And they vote. And they're voting at younger and younger ages. In fact, that bill that we did on the emergency order, ERPO, there were so many young people that came up here. I would venture to say they really were a force 
behind uh, passing that bill. I have a good feel, putting my faith in the younger generation, that we're going to do better. I want to ask what it felt like on the day that you became the Senate Majority Leader. If I could have jumped up and down, (laughs) I would have done that. It was great. I never really saw myself in that role. You understand that part of being in that role is that I have faith in the Senate president. As majority leader, I expect that I will be shepherding the policy of the Senate president. That's the role of the majority leader. That only works when you feel that you feel good with where the Senate president is coming, and I do. She's smart, articulate. I'm pretty excited about it. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? It's interesting. It goes together with the majority leader. Most of my career as a lawyer was litigation. I did divorce, domestics, litigate, went to court, and learned to be an advocate for an individual. Now I'm doing more of this, and as majority leader, I need to pull people together. I can't just take a position and go for it. It's a total different mindset than I had as a litigator. And that's where I thought I could be most effective. I've done that already in a few instances. We work with our Republicans. We are certainly many, many more Democrats and Republicans in Massachusetts. But we, like our minority leader, he's smart. We work with him. In order to get anything done, you have to work, compromise, mediate. It doesn't always end up like it started. But as long as it ends up good and you don't do anything bad, there's another day. You live to fight another day. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? And could you pass along a piece of wisdom to our listeners? I think the best piece of advice I received was that you have to be proud of what you do. You have to look in the mirror when you wake up. It's how you present yourself. It's not how much money you have. It's not who you are and what your name is. It's how people feel about you, how you can look in the mirror and say, I did the right thing. I was on the right side. And that's how I feel about the issues that I'm pushing. Well, here you are in this beautiful office, in the State House, in this great state of Massachusetts, having accomplished so much in a very rich career, 30 years in public service. How do you measure success? I think there's more to do, so I don't feel that I can measure the success. I like to think of this as a road that we all travel. And as long as you can keep going on the road and it isn't bumpy, you should keep going. I'm looking forward instead of just looking back. People say 30 years and I forget because I'm so excited about this new opportunity that I have that I don't feel that I've met all the successes I want to and I'm looking forward to working on them. I want to say thank you so much for being our guest on the story behind her success, Senator Cynthia Cream. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?